the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible, and few passages of Scripture go deeper than the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans chapter 10 and listen in to part two of this message in progress as we learn together from God's Word. Of dough was the Lord's. We just gave you a little bit, but the whole is the Lord's. We're not using what we need to use and then giving you what's left over. No, before we use any of the lump, we're taking part of the lump and we're rolling it up and we're setting that aside for the Lord. Verse number 16, the lump also is holy. If the first fruit be holy, and he's using another illustration, the feast of the first fruits, when the priest would offer a a sheaf of wheat, which sheaf of wheat would be wheat that's in the stalks that has been tied together. They would go into the field and they would harvest. And the first part of the harvest was this sheaf of wheat and they would take it and they'd band it together with some type of rope and they would tie it off and they would take that and that's the Lord. Now they're going to use the rest of the field, but it's significant in that it means the entire field is the Lord's. We could say it this way. When God accepts the part, the first part, he sanctifies the whole. When when God accepts the part, the first part, he sanctifies the whole. God takes the part, the first part, and he sanctifies the rest. This is really powerful. Abraham, I want you to leave her of the Chaldees. And I want you to go to a land that I'll tell you of. And you're never going to live in a, uh, a house that is sealed anymore. You're never going to live in a, in a normal house. You're going to live in tents for the rest of your life. But everywhere that the sole of your foot shall tread, your children will inhabit. Well, why does Israel get that land? Well, they're not getting as much as they should. But it's the promise of God to Abraham. It's their land. No, I said it's their land. Well, I think that other people should have it. But it's not other people's land. If you believe that, tell me where you live. Debbie and I will come squat at your house and rent out ours. Well, I wouldn't want you to do that. Why not? Because it's my house. Well, it's their land. Abraham, everywhere that the sole of your foot shall tread, everywhere that your foot will tread, that's where your children will live. Um, Isaac, uh, Abraham's son, everywhere that the sole of your foot will tread uh, is going to be their land. Oh, okay. Jacob, you and your 12 sons, some of them complete losers, everywhere that you go, that's where your offspring will be. When God accepts the part, 
the first part, he accepts the whole. I don't have time to be cute and metaphorical. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. The Bible says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, here was said the Lord, if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruit of the ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time, saith the Lord. And all nations shall call thee blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome son. Back to verse number 10. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. What is the tithe? It's the part. It's the first part. It's not, no, no, no. Just because we start talking about like real Christianity, it's not the time to start meditating on a Bible verse. It's the first part, that first 10%. Well, pastor, are you making a church? No, no, this is exactly what the text, it's not talking about money, it's talking about the principle. And I'm trying to help you to understand that the principle is still alive and well today. That yes, yes, nation of Israel, here's, here's how we know that God is at work through the patriarchs because he accepted the part, the first part. And when he accepts the first part, he sanctifies the whole. And when God accepts the, just helping us to understand this principle, because it's right there in the text, that when God accepts the first part of our finances, he sanctifies the whole. That first 10% is his. He sanctifies the whole. Well, I, I just don't think that I could do that. Well, you have a right to say that. But then don't be ticked off when God doesn't sanctify it. Don't be ticked off when the devourer takes it. Don't be ticked off when your outgo exceeds your income. Bring tithes into the storehouse. Why? That I, what's the storehouse today? It would be the local church. Why? That, that it could move and forward and function. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord. Only time in the whole scripture, you see that word? You should look, you should memorize this verse, but it's the fourth line, second word. It's the only time in the Bible, the only time in the Bible you're ever told to prove God. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive. Doesn't mean you're gonna tithe and tomorrow you're gonna get wealthy. And it doesn't mean you're not gonna go through difficult times. You're gonna go through difficult times. What it means rather clearly is that God has sanctified your finances and that God through his miraculous providence will care for your needs. He'll rebuke the devourer. Somebody should say amen in this room that tithes. And somebody should say, oh my, in this room who don't tithe. I was at a chaplain's meeting on Monday night. It was, uh, the Police Officers Association was honoring chaplains and, and what's called peer support and wellness people. And, and they brought this great taqueria to the, to the POA. It was great. I went for the tacos. And, uh, and uh, we had a great time. And, and one of my chaplain friends um, started talking. And... Uh, and uh, he started talking, and he, and he suddenly started talking about tithing. And he's charismatic. So we would disagree on some stuff. And I looked right at him. I said, Troy, stop. He goes, what? I said, the only time I want to be a charismatic is when you talk about tithing. 
So we started laughing and had a good time. And he goes, can I tell you a story? I said, yeah, he's telling me about where he's been. And we, we are always working, so we never really get time to, to really fellowship and hang out. And so we had an opportunity to do that, and it was awesome. And, and we had a lot of fun. And he said, back in 2008, my wife and I were in such and such a city, and, and we, were, we, were having a, we were buying a, a brand-new track home because it was the only homes available in our area. And so we put a deposit down, a $15,000 deposit down on a new house. And uh, he said, we did that three weeks before the crash of 2008. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I didn't know what he meant, but I was like, that's a bummer. And he goes, yeah, he goes, and so we put 15 grand down and three weeks later, or four weeks later, we get a, a, a letter from the developer saying that they're going defunct and we're losing our deposit and we're losing our house. Now I'm going to tell you right now, my first response was Sue. I'm like some of you. I'm a fighter by nature. Fight or flight, I run to fight. Like, it's a bad thing. It's a really bad thing. It's not good. And, uh, and I was like, dude, were you thinking about suing him? He's like, bro, would you shut up? I'm like, okay, tell your story. Tell your story. So he's like, 2008, lost 15 grand, four weeks in, new, you know, been married a few years, saved up our entire marriage to have this. And he goes, and, and we just had, we, we were just kind of just really, I mean, we were trusted in the Lord, but we were really sad, which I would understand. That'd be a lot of money that was raised it's going to be lost. Okay, fine. I get it. So he's telling me the story and, uh, he, he looks at me and, and he goes, so, uh, I'm in despair a little bit. And I call my dad and I say, dad, uh, I want you to know that this is what has happened. I made the deposit and I'm losing the money. And uh, he goes, my, his dad lives in Texas. And, and he said, my dad said to me on the phone and, and now I'm like, I'm like, bro, you have got, I'm on the edge of my seat. You say, why were you on the edge of your seat? Cause I kind of wanted to hear what he had to say, but I knew what I was preaching today and I've been looking for an illustration all week long. And so I needed an illustration. And if he didn't give me something good, I wasn't going to change the message. I was just going to walk away sad. And so I'm like, I need an illustration. So help me out. You got to finish this. And so he, he says, um, I called my dad and my dad said to me, he said, son, you're not going to lose that $15,000. Oh yeah, dad, I'm losing the 15 grand because they told me that, that it's done. It's over. It's, they, they have no money. He goes, and Chris, my dad said to me, nope, you're not going to lose it. You're a tither. And the dad said, and I'm praying right now that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake to be a testimony to other believers and to you that God keeps his word. He's like, okay, but if your dad's a preacher, which I think I might be the only one in the room whose dad is a preacher, you hear what he says, uh, me and a couple other people, I should say, as I'm looking around, but no, duh, their dad's a preacher too. And they would testify to this. You listen to your dad and then you think, yeah, that's a sermon quote. That's not a real life decision. In other words, you think your dad's a crackpot about 90% of the time. You say, how do you know? I've got two daughters and that's what they tell me. And so... He goes, so I thought, whatever. Thanks, Dad. Dad prayed. No big deal. About three weeks later, went out to check the mail, not thinking anything, opened up a letter from the developer, and there was a check for $14,800. Why? Because when God accepts the part, the first part, he sanctifies the whole well, I want God to sanctify my finances. Then give him the first part. Prove him. Prove him. And Paul talks about that. 
And then we see the second part of this, 16, and I'm done. I'm not going to be able to finish. If you need to hear the rest of it, and you should, go back and listen to the 830 service. Because you haven't heard me talk enough today. First fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root, if the root be holy, so are the branches. And Paul uses the olive tree. And he begins to illustrate to the nation, to the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel, their national tree is the, is the olive tree. It grows wild throughout that region of the world, Palestine. And it's a blessing of God. It's fed people. It's given oil to people. It's been, the healing agents are amazing. And, and God says, and if the root be holy, talking about the olive tree, so are the branches. And then he goes in to this beautiful dissertation of God grafting Gentiles in that Jews, because of unbelief have fallen off the tree in verse number 17. Some of the branches are broken off. Why are they broken off? They're broken off from un, because of unbelief, because they would not believe in Jesus Christ. They were broken off. And that you, Jews, are grafted in. And if you're grafted in, you need to be very, very careful, verse number 18, that you don't get arrogant and proud, that you live in humility. Don't brag about your, your, the fact that you're grafted in. No, no, you, you need to be humble about it. There's an arrogance with some in this room this morning. There's a spirit of like, I'm good. Brashness. Arrogance. No, no. Verse 18. Boast not against the branches. If thou boast, thou bearest not the root. The root there, you, you didn't bring anything to this tree. The tree obviously representing salvation in here. You didn't bring anything for this. This is reserved for the nation of Israel. Many didn't believe. You are brought in. Don't get arrogant about this. Don't get arrogant and think you've arrived. Verse number 19. If thou wilt say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. What? You say, where's it say what? That's what well means. What? Because of unbelief, they were broken off. They weren't broken off because you brought anything to the table. They were broken off because of unbelief. And in your, thou standest by faith or you're saved by faith. Be not high-minded. Don't be arrogant. Don't feel superior. Don't disdain those you deem unworthy. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. Don't, don't be like that. Stop thinking you're better than them. For if God spared not the natural branches, if God didn't spare the nation of Israel in their arrogance, that's what he's saying, essentially, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Hey, pay attention. Lest he also do the same thing to you. Though he take away you. The the book of Micah teaches us what's the Lord thy God require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, how do you walk humbly with God? By being obedient to what he says. 
If you go, oh, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, but you don't do what he says, you're arrogant. That's what Ezekiel talks about. With their mouth they show much love, but their heart is far from you. Now walk humbly with God. Verse number 21, We again, be not high-minded, but fear God. Well, where does it say God? Well, it's understood, obviously. But fear, God spared not the branches. Take heed, lest he also spare thee not. Verse 22, behold the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity, but toward thee goodness. On them severity, but toward thee goodness. But if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Hey, don't lose sight, church, of what God has done to the nation of Israel. Don't lose sight that God cut them off. Don't think that what we enjoy today we'll enjoy forever. Don't think that God's made up his mind and that he'll never turn his back on the, on the United States of America. That he'll never turn his back on a rebellious people. Don't ever assume that God's like, nah, I'm okay with her rebellion. Yeah, no big deal. I mean, we could make the application as far as we want, couldn't we? Because it's, the text affords us the latitude to do that. Don't assume that God's like, oh, I'm good with them living a hookup culture. Oh, they hooked up Saturday night. I'm good with that. No big deal. No, no, don't test the goodness of God. Understand the severity of God. You reject God. You walk away from God, oh, he'll always be knocking at your heart's door. He'll want to come in, but make no mistake, he won't force himself in an unholy vessel. I mean, I'm talking to believers. It doesn't mean you'll lose your salvation, but it does mean you're going to lose your sense of security. It does mean you'll lose your sense of peace. It does mean you'll lose your sense of belonging. It does mean that it will cost you greatly. You have a bitter, crappy attitude. You're angry with family all the time. You, you, you don't mistake the goodness of God as the acceptance of your sin. Well, he's good. He's okay. I had somebody say something to me the other day. They're like, well, I prayed and I, God told me it was okay. No, no, God didn't tell you that was okay because it's a complete violation of his word. Well, no, God said he's okay with me doing that. No, no, no. God cannot contradict himself. You're foolish to believe that. You're believing the lie of Satan. No, don't, don't, don't misunderstand. That's what he's saying in verse number 21 and 22. Verse 23, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. In other words, if Jews believe, they're going to be saved. They're going to come back into the family of God. For God's able to bring them back in again. If you're here this morning and you're Jewish, don't think that God won't save you. Don't think that Jesus is beyond you. No, he loves you and he died for you. And you're his chosen people. Come back to him. Verse 24, if thou were cut off. I'm sorry, we're cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and we're grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall these, which be natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Or It's poetic, and Paul's making this argument. We're going to complete it next week. But Paul is saying, if you're in this, in this crummy olive tree, and 
and you're a broken branch of a crummy olive tree. By the way, those of us who aren't Jews, here's what Paul is saying. You're crummy. Like, like, like you're, you're just, he's, he's drawing a distinction. You're, by the grace of God, we're saved, but you weren't God's chosen people. Now, I'm going to tell you when we get to heaven. Now, there's no days there. But for a thousand years, we're eating Mexican food. All right? Mexicans should have said amen or yariba or viva la Mexico or whatever it is that you say. So I'm going to give you another chance, okay? I'm going to give you another chance. So, you know, I don't know what you'd say, but whatever it is that you say. For a thousand years, we're going to eat Mexican food. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then for a thousand years, we're eating Italian food. The Mexicans were better than the Italians. So I'm going to tell you right now. Italians are like, oh. I don't even know any Italian words. So there you go. Pizza. Um, And then for a thousand years, we're eating Korean food. It's going to be the world's, the largest Korean barbecue in human history. We're having bulgogi and rice and kimchi and chapche and kogogi and short ribs. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, let me just tell you, you're not going to be there. Um, (sighs) You might be, you'll be on the other side. You'll be on the other side. And then for a thousand years, uh, we're, we're going to be having all kinds of stuff, uh, Southern food, uh, chicken fried steak, uh, by the way, not from Denny's and not from California. California does not know how to make chicken fried steak. If you eat cali- chicken fried steak in California, your salvation is suspect. We, we understand that very clearly. Like, Oh, I like, I like biscuits in a can. Oh, <laughs> you're not a man. And, um, we, we get that. Oh, I got to hurry. I'm done. We can look at all of these things. God has a wonderful, deep, look at this. How much more shall these, which be natural branches. Oh, we might have better food than Jews. But how much better are these which have natural branches these Jewish people be grafted into their own olive tree. Here's what he's saying, Gentiles, you're put into the Jews' olive tree when you get saved. Jews, when you get saved, this is Paul talking here, we're put back where we were supposed to be to begin with. And God heals it in a way that only he can heal. And God works in a way that only he can work. Out of his abundant love for the Jewish people. Oh, you German dude in California. You get to be a part of that tree. But it's not your tree. It's not your tree. You're grafted in. Jew? It's your tree. I don't know everybody's heritage in this room, but I do know this. Jesus wants to save you. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, he died that you might have eternal life.
and that you might have life more abundantly. And I went long this morning and I don't even apologize for it. Normally I would. I want to say it this way. Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven and came to this earth. And if you, Jew or Gentile, will repent of rejecting Jesus and accept him alone as your Savior, he will graft you back into a tree. And anytime anybody is saved, there's rejoicing in heaven, the Bible says. There's praise in heaven. I wonder if when a Jew gets saved, if the angels don't sing a little louder. They're going back into their tree. Satan's deceived them. Oh, we get that. But they're going back in. You say, Pastor, I don't think that. Okay, I don't know that I'm right. I don't even know that I believe it. I'm just saying I wonder. Because salvation is of the Jews. And they go back in. So if you don't know Christ today, faith is reasonable. Atheism's not. Faith is reasonable. Antagonism is not. Faith is reasonable. Agnosticism is not. Faith is reasonable. Come to Christ. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven, we invite you to visit CanyonRidgeRadio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.